Thanks for joining us today for the Ramp Church podcast. We pray that you will be encouraged and empowered by this week's message and you would encounter God wherever you're listening from. If you'd like to know more about Ramp Church Manchester or would like to partner with us in giving, visit us over on our website ramp.church/mcr or find us on social media. Now, let's go into this week's message. So praise God, we're talking this morning about what it means to fulfill the Great Commission and how uh, the, the uh, apostles and the early church did this by serving the needy with time and with money. Okay, so that's our topic for today. So firstly, I want to be talking about time. And I'm just going to mention a few things about time. The first thing I want to mention is that time is precious. Time is precious. I was, I was speaking to a, a dear relative of mine who, who lost her brother more than a year ago, a sad, tragic loss. And through that loss, she became very financially blessed and uh, was able to buy houses and things. But she said, I would give it all to have a moment back. I would give it all to have a moment back. So life, time is very precious. And even we see that even children who grow up very privileged in wealthy homes would do anything to have more time with dad. Because dad's too busy providing for the Porsche and the, and the, the big house, etc. So uh, time means a lot to people. Whether you're rich or poor... It's something that reminds us that before God, we are all equal. Whether you're rich or poor, whether you're from the US or the Philippines or the UK, you all have 24 hours in a day, no more and no less. And, um, and so if we're going to show people the love of Jesus, nothing says it better than your time because it's very precious Hallelujah. And everyone who is healthy, we can all afford it. We can all afford time. And sadly, sometimes we get very caught up in the busyness of life, but we could all give our time. There may be an elderly lady up the road who just needs you to get the groceries or just needs you to do some ironing. Or maybe there's a young couple next door who has a lot of kids and haven't had a date because they just don't have time and you could babysit. Time is a very precious commodity that speaks to a lot of people. Just recently, I've been blessed with a a house uh, to call our own for the first time. We became house owners in our 60s now. And... and, um, I moved into a new neighborhood and and, uh, two of my neighbors are English and they're atheists. And one of them's quite rich actually. And, uh, and, And I thought to myself, they don't believe in God. How can they not believe in God? I'm their neighbor. They have to see God in me. And I thought, well, what what can you do for the person who has everything? Well, these were Englishmen, and I thought, well, maybe they like English muffins or things that they can't get in the Philippines. And so I baked and baked uh, custard tarts and things like that and took them round. 
And because I was willing to spend the time, they were willing to listen. <laughs> so they got the gospel. And it starts with, you know, people nowadays, standing on a street and just shouting doesn't work nowadays. People, people will only listen to people that they know they can trust. And that people know they can trust you when you are willing to spend the time. Because they know that time is precious. And so that's why the people in the early church gave their time. They gave their time. My second time, my second point about time is that if you are a child of God, your time is not your own. Your time is not your own. And uh, you may be very familiar with this verse in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That means you are a servant and your time is not your own. And Paul says also in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 to 20, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, we, we understand that when our bodies are surrendered to God and we're giving ourselves as living sacrifice, we are no longer in control of our own time. It belongs to God. Amen? We are here not to do what we want, but to do His bidding. Do what He wants. Now, I was raised as a, a pastor's daughter, and I, and I thought I loved God with my whole being. In fact, I used to sing a song, and, and one of the lines went like this, Jesus, I love you. This is all I know, and where you lead me to, that is where I'll go. And I would sing it at the top of my lungs, and I thought I meant it. And then, uh, then a missionary just like me came and, and showed slides of the Philippines. And then the preacher got up afterwards and he said, God wants to know, are you willing to go on the foreign mission field? And when he said that, God spoke to me and said, Christine, will you go to the Philippines? And then the preacher said, you may never go. But I knew God wasn't saying to me, you may never go. He was really asking me, will you go? And I had this turmoil in my mind because I'd always said to God, Whatever, wherever you send me to, that is where I'll go. But the Philippines, I wasn't missionary material. I have two people sitting here in front of me, one of my best friends and my mom, who knew what I was like before I was a missionary. I was a material girl. <laughs> I, I didn't like camping and glamping wasn't a thing then, but it wouldn't have appealed to me either. Um, so, so I had zero desire to go to any other place in the world. I loved this country. I was a trainee civil engineering technician. I, I enjoyed my job. I enjoyed college. I enjoyed my life. I enjoyed my church. And I was going to prisons in this country. I was enjoying my ministry. I enjoyed everything. And I didn't want to change it. 
But I had said to God, wherever you lead me to, that is where I'll go. Now I've lost my message. It's gone offline. Oh dear. In Jesus' name, it's not coming. I haven't, I'm not online. So, uh, so when God put his hand upon my life and asked me would I go, no, I wasn't willing. I wasn't willing. But here I had this dilemma because I had promised God that I would give, give him my time and wherever he would lead me to. So for three days I struggled with that. But on the third day, oh, incidentally, many people came forward that day and I was not one of them. <laughs> and I sat in my chair and, and I couldn't say no to God, but I couldn't say yes either. Have you ever been there? So we just tried to pretend he never spoke. But you know, it, but it doesn't really work because you, you, know, you know he knows that you know. Uh, and so it, you're not fooling anyone. Anyway, I was at work on the Monday and I was sitting at the drawing board and in my mind's eye I could see these uh, little brown people walking up my drawing board and jumping off the edge. And God said to me, they're going to a lost eternity what will you do about it? And I said, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. And from that moment, I, I, I made the decision and I said, Lord, I will go. And, and so, and you've seen what happened. But, but you know, when God called me, I was, I was anorexic. I didn't have money. And I was a material girl. I wasn't missionary material. But I'd made a vow when I was younger that I would do whatever God told me to do. And he asked me to go to the Philippines. So I, I gave him my time. Hallelujah. And the last thing I want to say about time. Um, I'm not going to get this back, am I? It's internet, yeah. If somebody could get me online. Cause... Clay. Okay. So... so... <laughs> So, just a technical hitch. I usually have my son with me who does all of that. He may be watching this and thinking, oh, mom, you so need me. <laughs> yeah. But the last thing I want to just mention about time is we're all running out of it. We're all running out of it. So, so it, it's precious, but don't run out of it. Even the Lord Jesus, or even the Lord Jesus said, uh, didn't he? He said, uh, I want to quote it properly. So, so I will. <laughs> you don't know me. I've got so much to say. <laughs> so, um, okay. Uh, Jesus said it. Where's Jesus? He's here. He says, I must work the work of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Friends, we all have this wonderful 24 hours of today, but we're all running out of time and we must work. Those were the words of Jesus. His time was limited. Our time is limited. It's not a gift that has no end here on this planet. We, have, uh, we are running out of it. And in Romans, the Apostle Paul tells us it's time to wake up. 
It's time to wake up because we're running out of time. And he says this in Romans 13 and verse 11. He says, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Let's not waste time sleeping. If we have the Lord Jesus, we have something that is precious to a world that is dying And just like the Lord said to me, they're going to a lost eternity. What will you do about it? Hallelujah. So that's just what I wanted to say about time. Next is they served with their money. Ouch. Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 35, it says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things that he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Now was there anyone among them who lacked, sorry, nor was there anyone with them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed them to everyone who had a need. So that means that they had possessions, but they held them lightly. They were willing to lose them and willing to give them to those who are in need. And you, you may be thinking, sitting there thinking, well, this part isn't for me this morning because I don't have any money. Well, I just want to ask you to wake up because you know what I've found in my life experience is that if you have time to love on those who are in need, God will provide you with the money. That's my experience. I'll tell you that is the truth. I've experienced it. And not only that, the Bible says it. The Bible says it. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10. He says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower... He provides seed to the sower. So if you are a sower, God will give you seed. If you don't have seed, I'm sorry to say, maybe you're not a sower. (laughs) And maybe if you turn to be a sower, you'd get some seed. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. If the Holy Spirit leads you to sow, he will provide you with seed. So don't turn a deaf ear to the Holy Spirit. Now I know this uh, for a fact because it happened to me. It happened to me. There was a time uh, in 2013, there was a landslide in our community and 11 lives were lost. Nine of them were children 
And those nine children all at some time had attended our children's outreach. Shine, we had a shine outreach. We'd bring all the kids from various villages and bring them ironically to the senior citizens building <laughs> and we would have a fun day with the children and give them a, 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 a fun day learning about Jesus and nine of them died and I was driving past the uh, uh, funeral parlor and, and I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me go and I was arguing with the Holy Spirit for the same reason some of you might be I have no money and I said, Lord, if they see me, I'm white. They've just lost not only their families, their children. There was a, a, a mother and father died as well. And nine children. And, uh, but all the people around had lost not only their, their family, they'd lost their home, every pot, every pan, every item of clothing. They'd lost everything. And we were stony broke at that time. You know, um, we feed, I think it was probably more like 80 children at that time. And, and, and finances was not flowing, you know, and we were challenged. Um, but so I had it in my mind. They'll expect money from me. I'm white. They think I'm rich. And, and I was trying to convince the Holy Spirit and he wasn't convinced at all. And he said to me, no, just go. Don't give them what you haven't got, but just give them what you have got. So I went to them. And the families there, I said, if you, if you would like, we would come and we would do a memorial service for your children. And they, they asked for no money. And they just were grateful for that. And, and uh, so we went to a big basketball court where 11 coffins were laid out and we had an open air service and we had children's worship. We had the children come and, and children's music and, and we gave an altar call and people got saved that night. And as I, as I wrote home and told people this story, people sent me money. Thousands of pounds came in for these families and there was about... There was about 20 families, I think, or maybe a bit less than that, that were homeless and they were living on a basketball court. So I went to the mayor and I said to the mayor, look, I've got some money. If you will give me some land, I can build houses for some people. And so initially we built three houses for the three families that lost their children. And, uh, and people in England heard about this and different ones said, well, we want to build a house. We want to build a house. And in the end, we built nine houses for people. With no money. With no money. God will give seed to the sower. And that last church that you saw with the, the rooftop and no sides to the building, that church came about because that's where we house those people. And a church was born out of that great tragedy. So it's amazing. If you, if you are led by the Spirit of God, if you are willing to give time and you don't have money, God will provide the seed, I promise you. He will give you the seed. 
And I just want to tell you now about our, our latest project because, you know, uh, to reaching the lost. I mean, Philippine Outreach Center Ministries is what we're called. We're basically an outreach. Although we are helping in the community and though our school... The, the school that you saw, uh, we have 220, that's the maximum our building can hold. We have 220 students come, and they're all from poor families, um, and many of our children from prisons, like you saw on the, the video. And, and they come and they have a, a private school education, and it's free of charge for all the community. That's our service to the community, and we require nothing of them. We don't demand they attend church or anything. We just show them the love of Jesus. But it is an outreach. It's Philippine Outreach Christian Academy. And we've been doing this now for 30 plus years. And I've no time to go into all the story of, of how that came into being, how we came to rent that place. But that's a whole story in itself and a miracle in itself. And, uh, um, well, uh, uh, just a wonderful blessing to us. But anyway, for the past 30 years, we've been renting that building. And, uh, and the Department of Education has shown us favor for those 30 plus years uh, because we're doing this for free. But normally in the Philippines and probably anywhere in the world, if you have a private school, you have to own your building. For obvious reasons, if the, if the landlord wants his uh, building back, what happens to the students? So uh, really, you can understand the thoughts behind it. So uh, grace came to an end. And this last year, my son is now the uh, principal of the school. And, and the Department of Education went to my son and said, uh, this is the last year we're allowing you a permit to operate your school. So next year, you cannot operate unless you buy your school. And, you know... Our, our ministry is quite big, as you saw. We employ more than 60 people. It's a lot of money we believe God for monthly. And so the thought of buying another building is quite uh, massive for us. But you know, uh, as soon as I heard that, I was like, yes, yes. You see, God had given me a vision to own not only the school, but that building, that hospital building uh, also that lies beside it. And 37 or more years ago, God gave me a vision for that building. And it was a vision. It was a dream. And I believed, because God said it, I believed it. Um, and, but one, this is one thing that I always taught my kids as they were growing up. And... Uh, uh, I taught them, the Bible says, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And, and uh, so I said to them, if we don't have it yet, we don't need it yet. Because God says, if I need it, he will supply it. So there were times that we thought we had needs. <laughs> but they weren't really. Until God supplied it and then it was a need. And see this, so this building had a shift. It was once a vision, a dream, but now it was a need. Because the alternate is this building closes and those 220 children and all the others that would come for the years to come. 
And you know, we, we've had wonderful testimonies of, of children that have come through our school. Um, I, I was looking on Facebook and there was a, a, a beautiful actress in a beautiful gown in the Cannes Film Festival and that gown was designed by one of our students. Isn't that amazing? And uh, we went, my son and I went to look around a private school during the lockdown, and so the school was actually closed, um, although ours was still open, by the way. But th their school, uh, private school had closed because they had no money, but they'd kept on a few teachers. And when we walked through the door, a teacher that greeted us was a graduate from our school. Isn't that amazing? And uh, just recently, a young lady that grew up in our children's home and uh, uh, became a nurse. She went to Australia. She got married to a lovely Christian Australian boy and, and, um, and uh, uh, just a wonderful testimony of God's wonderful provision for somebody who had nothing and God has just opened the world to her. So it's a wonderful thing. So I could not imagine that God wanted this school to close. It was an outreach. Imagine how, if you're having a children's outreach and how hard it is to bring children in. We didn't need to work to bring the children in. They were coming to us every day for 12 years of their life. What a wonderful opportunity to sow uh, into their lives, not only giving them hope for a future uh, career, but a hope of an eternity in Christ. So, so I, could, I just knew that this was the time for this promise to be fulfilled. But everybody told me, especially regarding the hospital building beside, beside our school, they all told me that it's impossible. It can't be done. And I said to the Lord, I was praying to the Lord, I said, Lord, everyone says it can't be done. And the Lord just said to me, and that is exactly why I'm going to do it. And it, isn't it, we're, it's no good as telling the world that we serve a miracle working God, but they can't see miracles. They can't see the impossible being done. And so I didn't care what people said. The vision was still in my heart, and I know that God is going to make that building better than it was before. And, um, and so I, I got with my pen and my paper, and I went in my bedroom, and I said, Lord, you need to tell me if I've got to buy this land what is it worth? And I wrote everything the Lord told me. And, and I made a proposal to, to the owner. He was asking almost double that. And, and he agreed to, to all my terms. He, he hung up for, on one for a little bit, but then when I explained still, he surrendered to everything, every one of my requests. And so uh, he said, it's 105,000 pounds. For the land, it's about 4,000 square meters. But on that land sits the school and the hospital building. And I made sure, I, you know, I said, I don't want half a hospital. I want the whole thing, you know. <laughs> although they thought that we were just going to demolish it because I asked how much would it be to demolish it because I was told to. So I asked how much it would be to demolish it demolish it and so I got this engineer to look at it how much would it be to demolish this hospital and they said it would be two million pesos to demolish it but then he said why are you pulling it down it's perfectly structurally sound you need to go up and I was like yes amen so somebody else that believed 
what I believe, that God has a future for that building, for the glory of his name and to reach out and for people to see that we serve a living God in this generation. Hallelujah. And talking about money, I said to the owner, I said to him, you do know I don't have any money, don't you? And he said, well, God will give it you, won't he? And, and so um, we're not going to disappoint him. Amen? We're not going to disappoint him. We're going to show that my God is able to supply all my needs, all our needs, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So, um, so by God's grace, at this time while I've been home... Um, We've been fundraising for this building just over six months. And already we have around 65,000 pounds. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Hallelujah. And I, I do believe that the Lord is going to complete that. And I know that my atheist neighbors, they're going to see that my God is alive. And they're going to be jealous of my God. Amen. And you know, that's why God has put his hand on you and me. I really believe that with all my heart, that God has laid his hands on you. So, uh, and we, uh, we see it in the Old Testament, and I've been sharing this as I've been going around. When you see, when God laid his hand on Abraham, when God gave a promise to Abraham, you know, the, the children of Israel over time uh, got things a bit mixed up in their understanding. But God chose them to make his own name great. It wasn't about making them great, although that does happen. But he wanted to show the world. He wanted to show the world that he is a, a living God, that he is a loving God, that he is a providing God, that he will meet the needs of the people. And friends, there's a lot of needy people around us and they need to know, and all kinds of needs they have. And they need to know, and how are they going to see? But through the children of God. Through the children of God. And, and in the New Testament, God has told the chosen the Gentiles to provoke the children of Israel to, to jealousy, that we will cause them to be jealous over their God. Amen. That they will see and that they will see that Jesus is the true and living God. They will have their eyes open. But friends, each and every one of them, people around us, they will come to know God when we are this living acts of the apostles, we need to do it now. We need to do it now. Hallelujah. I know that God has done it for me and I know he will do it for you. We have no excuse because God takes, well, I, I had a friend who used to say, God does little with much, much with little and everything with nothing. So if you have nothing, that's a good place to start. Because God can do far more with you because you have nothing. And what's, what's really wonderful also is that God gets all the glory. I was not missionary material. I would never be missionary material without God, without his grace, 
without him lovingly working in my heart and changing me. I was not willing and I was not able. Hallelujah. But by his grace, he made me willing and he is always able. Don't limit God because you've got a limited amount of funding in your purse. You can always do someone's ironing and that is the beginning. And when you give them your time, God will give seed to the sower. He will provide you with all that you need to sow and accomplish the purpose for which he laid his hand on you. And that, my friend, is to make his name great. But remember this, time is precious and it's running out. Amen. Amen. God bless you.